We good, Drew? Good. You on? All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. You're right here. We're going inside HBCU football. I'm your host, BJ Jones. Uh, we'll call this tonight the Power Hour, all right? Almost the midweek Power Hour. Uh, got a lot going on this week around HBCU football. Uh, this particular weekend, we saw Jackson State University clinch the Eastern Division title uh, against the in-state rival Alcorn State Braves. We want to talk about uh, that ball game. Um, also, by way of an Alcorn loss, Jackson State doing the old two-for-one. Uh, with that Alcorn loss, what they did was give Prairie View uh, the Western Division title uh, in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Um, so Jackson State and Prairie View will link up next Saturday in Jackson, Mississippi for the right to go to Atlanta, Georgia for the Celebration Bowl. Um, also, um, around black college football, Alabama State defeated Texas Southern. Uh, very close ball game down Montgomery. Um, they defeated Texas Southern. Andrew Body continues to impress. Um, and if you're a Texas Southern fan, you got to be excited about the future of uh, that football team. Um, also, Alabama A&M was a winner over Arkansas Palm Bluff senior day Kill Glass. He joins rare, exquisite company. Uh, that young man, uh, record, record-setting career at Alabama A&M, uh, record-setting career uh, as a quarterback here in the Southwest Athletic Conference. Uh, he gets it done for senior day. They get a big win over Arkansas uh, Pine Bluff. And also this week, we had the playoffs, Division II playoffs. Uh, Bowie State, the champion of the CIAA, uh, hosted Lenore Ryan, and they took Lenore Ryan to the woodshed. Uh, 31-10, Bowie State survives. They move on. Uh, they will uh, face off against Newberry College uh, on this Saturday in the second round of the Division II playoffs. Uh, and then also, uh, right here in the state of Georgia, uh, the champions of the SIAC, uh, the Albany State Rams, Golden Rams, uh, they fall at home by the score of 23-7 to uh, to the University of West Georgia. Uh, Golden Rams put together a stellar season. It came to a halt uh, down in Albany, Georgia, or Albany, as the people down there call it. Um, they lose 23-7 to uh, to West Georgia. West Georgia will move on. Um, and... In the Southwestern Athletic Conference, we got the, the playoff feeling, the playoff talk going. Um, Florida A&M uh, receives an at-large bid to the LCS playoffs. Uh, big accomplishment, great accomplishment, not only for Florida A&M, but uh, the SWAC as a whole. Um, so shout out to the Rattlers, uh, Coach Simmons, Court Negotiating. Uh, that entire bunch over there. Uh, shout out to the Rattlers of Florida A&M. Uh, getting it done and getting the bid into the FCS playoffs. Uh, they will face off against Southeastern Louisiana. We'll talk about that ball game um, extensively uh, after the break. 
uh, FAMU, congratulations. First uh, team from the Southwestern Athletic Conference uh, to make the FCS playoffs um, in about 23 years. So shout out to Florida A&M. This week, uh, we, we got some happenings and some dealings going around. Um, Mississippi Valley will go on the road to face off against Preview A&M. Uh, on Thursday, uh, you have the Turkey Day Classic in Montgomery, Alabama. Tuskegee will pay Alabama State a visit. Um, I know Tuskegee has not had the best season uh, in the world, but you get all the records out of the window when these two meet up. It's the Turkey Day Classic as God intended it. Tuskegee, Alabama State University. Uh, that'll be going down. Um, on Thursday and on Saturday, uh, you got the big one in New Orleans. Southern University Jaguars facing off against the Grambling State Tigers. Bayou Classic, 4 p.m. kick. Um, two football programs that would like to forget uh, 2021, but um, both programs seem to be going in a new direction. Um, as far as head man leading the staff, um, first time in a long time, the Bayou Classic has not had championship uh, implications. Uh, we know that uh, the Bayou Classic uh, each year uh, since 2016, uh, the winner has gone on to uh, play in the SWAT championship game. This Bayou Classic, no championship implications. Um, Still the same robbery, still intense, uh, still means a lot to these fan bases. Um, and with the way that the season has gone, what what way to, to send people off into the offseason and to, to get a win over your hated rival? Um, and also, Florida A&M, Saturday night uh, in Hammond, Louisiana. So if you are in uh, New Orleans, Hammond, not that far of a drive, just right off Interstate 12. Uh, they will be in Hammond, Louisiana, to face off against Southeastern Louisiana, the Lions of the Southland Conference. Um, that game actually kicks off, I think it's at 6 or 7. I have to check that. Um, but that game, Saturday night game in Hammond, Louisiana, uh, Florida A&M representing the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Um I think that game is going to be has the potential to be a good one. Uh, we're going to dive into that game as well as the Bayou Classic, um, as well as the Turkey Day Classic uh, coming on up after the break. I uh, want to bring in my partner for the night. We're supposed to have um, some guests for you guys tonight, uh, especially because it's Bayou Classic weekend. Uh, meant to have my boy, uh, Diarius Christmas. Uh, come on with me, man. We talk a little smack, man. Back and forth, man. You know the banter. Uh, but he wasn't able to make it tonight. But I got my man, A.D. Drew, uh, in, in the house. Uh, let me see if Drew will come on. Come on. Drew is actually producing the show, too, by the way. So he's a man that wears many hats around here with the Black College Sports Network family. A.D. Drew, you all right over there? Yeah, had, had to make sure I had the right hat on for you, man. 
Oh man, so man, how you feeling, man? You, you, you know, your school got into the playoffs, man, and and now it's uh time to make it happen uh, this Saturday night. Oh, definitely, man. I feel uh, I feel great, man. This uh, it's gonna it's, it's gonna be fun, you know. I'm gonna be on the road heading back uh, from Savannah, Georgia, on Saturday, but uh, definitely gonna be uh, listening to this game while I'm. On the you know on the road, gonna have gonna have it on the phone while I'm on the road if uh, if I'm allowed to do that. <laughs> long the phone in your hands, man. You know they'll play that in Georgia, man. No, I, mean, I have it on the uh, you know I, I have it on the in, in the in the window on the uh, on the holder in the window. Okay, there you go, there you go. Yes, sir. Um, so, I, I mean, how are you uh, feeling coming into this this ball game with Southeast Louisiana? Well, got to think about it. You've got the number one team statistically in yards per game offense in Southeast Louisiana against mm-hmm. the number one team defensively yards per game in Florida A&M University. So this is your typical uh, clash of styles, as they like to uh, as they like to say. So it's definitely going to be interesting. And for FAMU, it's going to come down to one thing. Ball control. Can fam you control the clock, not turn the ball over, and play keep away? Because Southeast Louisiana is the type of team that if you give them the ball, they they'll go and score. Uh, score. You know, I go back. I was at the Albany State game on Saturday. Albany State, good opening drive, scoop and score, down seven points. Another drive, the, the ensuing drive, a pickoff in the end zone. You're getting ready to you get ready to score to tie the game back up after you make a mistake. Now, West Georgia's offense takes the off takes the uh, field for the first time with under five minutes to go in the first quarter, and they go and score a touchdown. I hate to say it, at that point in time, I kind of knew the ball game was over. You know, one good thing about FAMU. FAMU has shown they have the ability to play from behind, but is that the team that you want to get behind against? Mm-hmm. You tell me, my brother. No, I mean, I, I didn't want to get into this ball game early, but, hey, we're here now. Um, i tell you what, man, let's, let's run, take a break, man. We're at the midpoint of the hour, and we'll come back in, man. We'll break down this ball game, Florida A&M um, in southeastern Louisiana, 6 p.m. on Saturday. Central Time, me and A.D. Drew will break this ball game uh, down right here after the break. Make sure you keep it locked right here inside HBCU Football. Um, can I get the now bar, please? One dollar. Have a good one. Got it. Hey, what's going yeah. on? Hey. Yeah. Can I get a now bar? Sure. One dollar. Appreciate you. Got it. I had been your show for so long, but I, I, I got success on here now. That ain't right, and I've been trying to adjust on the fly. Oh, that spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. 
Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger that's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. Really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around yeah, you. Uh, all of yeah, 90 seconds there. Cool, cool, cool. This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place for the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Hear the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Round Table, The Pregame Show, The Carlos Brown Show, The ONG Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way. You consume HBCU sports one broadcast at a time. You coming out uh, Montgomery Thursday? Sherman Ultra Soft touches mm, so much cushion. Nah, I'm going to have folks coming in and then I got to leave early Friday. We're going to New Orleans. Soft. New Orleans. Holy shit. Yes, Excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Y'all so you can stop, stop at the uh, Sherman Ultra Soft is so back. cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, yeah, you man. can use less. Uh-oh. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? Yeah, they, they said my credentials are. Why not enjoy the go? Oh, man. Man, don't make it out of New Orleans. Support the Black College Sports <laughs> Network so we can continue to provide well, new that, that be Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports Network. Tell everybody they can follow their dreams. All right, back to the All right, man, and we are back, man. We are right here inside HBCU football. I'm BJ Jones. That's AD Drew. Uh, and, and we were – and there's AD Drew. Man, he's having some technical issues over there, man. Um, I was looking at I was looking at, uh, at myself on the screen. I'm like, uh, my, my pitch is crooked. And I'm like, no, it's not the pitch. It's the doggone camera that's crooked. <laughs> man, so we're talking about this family of uh, southeastern Louisiana game. Um, on uh, Saturday, um, Southeastern Louisiana, um, offensively, man, they're scared. Uh, we talk about a football team that averages uh, 567 yards per game. Uh, they average uh, 40, you know, 43 points per game. Um, I mean, they are down, I'm sorry, 48 points per game. Let me show you get them 48 points per game. One of the best offenses in the country. Um, if you look at them statistically, I mean, they are solid. Cole Kelly, the reigning Payton Award winner, which is the uh, FCS version of the Heisman, he's having another outstanding year. Um, over 4,300 yards passing, um, 38 passing touchdowns. Uh, he's completing 60-plus percent of his passes. Uh, this offense, man, Drew, tell me about this offense. This would be the, the best offense that FAMU has seen, has seen all year. Uh, 
Yeah, well, you, you, you talk about uh you talk about Cole Kelly and his uh and his passing proficiency. But did you know BJ? He also leads the team in rushing mm-hmm. with uh 442 yards of rushing. Not a whole lot, but when you consider the type of passing efficiency that he does, you know, it's uh you know, it, it's it's amazing. I can't say anything better. Uh, just shy of 400 yards per game. I'm gonna repeat that. He's a yard and a half shy of 400 yards per game, averaging 398.4 per game. And here's the, here's the other thing, 74% completion percentage. So here's the thing. I think Fairview may have a slight advantage defensively because Fairview has seen a quarterback this good, i.e., a quill glass of Alabama A&M. The defensive scene has southeastern Louisiana's offense seen a defense this good. Statistically, no. no. So, if you're going to give an advantage in that yin and that yang of that top-rated offense and that top-rated defense, you have to give the slight advantage to Florida A&M because they have played someone who can pass at this level with the offense at this level with receivers at this level, you know, they face not only that Alabama A&M receiver core, which is arguably the best receiver core outside of Tallahassee. Cause you know, you could throw that, that Tallahassee group in there with them, but Jackson state ain't got no punks over there either. They receive a core and Jackson state has what well, Alabama A&M might, might have speed, and quickness, Alabama A&M has, uh, excuse me, Jackson State has size in their receiver core. So, FAMU has seen both styles. So, it, it, it's really going to be interesting. And it's going to come down to uh, McKay, Bonnet, and the running game to see if FAMU can control that clock. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I think Jackson State might have the best receiver core. I think it's them and Alabama and them. I'll put them above your boys, man. I'll put them above your boys, man. I know uh, Zay and, 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 and those guys are nice over there. I like them Jackson State boys, man. But talking about Southeast Louisiana offensively, one of the things I noticed uh, going back and, and watching Southeast Louisiana, their offensive line isn't the best. They're, they're not anything to write home about. And because of that, you see Cole Kelly get get he gets the ball out of his hands pretty quickly. Uh, there's a lot of rack yardage uh, that their receivers will, will will rack up. So I think it's very important for uh, FAMU to do two things on Saturday defensively: be able to get in Kelly's face and make them know that he's there. Isaiah Ledge, this is this is a game that's tailor made for you for two people off that defense, uh, Land. And Marquise Bell. I think that this this game is tailor made for both of those two gentlemen. Um, they're already NFL prospects. This one will make you jump. All right, this will make you jump up some some uh, some, some some draft boards. Um, but I, I think that Southeastern Louisiana they they don't protect the passer well. Uh, they don't run the ball well. Uh, they run the ball. They're effective, 
You know, they, they air it out so much that they'll start hitting you with the draw plays. And then when you come up, you know, they'll go back over the top. Uh, but for, for everything Southeastern Louisiana is offensively, they're that bad defensively. Let's look at these de- defensive statistical numbers, and I'm going to compare these these defensive numbers of Southeastern Louisiana to Alabama A&M, all right? So Southeastern Louisiana is 98th in scoring defense, 98th. Let me repeat that. They are 98th in scoring defense. Defense gives up right at 32 points per game. Now, for reference, Alabama A&M, as far as scoring defense, is ranked 107 in the nation, giving up 35 Point one points per game. Now, total defense, total yard that you give up, uh, southeastern Louisiana is ranked 104 nationally uh, in total defense. They give up 436.4 yards per game. As a matter of fact, uh, several times this year, southeastern has gave, given up 600 yards of total offense. Uh, and in reference, Alabama A&M is 101st in total defense. They give up 431.1 yards per game. Southeastern offensively, juggernaut. Defensively, in areas they're worse than Alabama A&M, particularly in total, particularly in total defense. They're worse than Alabama A&M. This defense, watching them play against McNeese, um, watching the Nichols State game, at times, they almost seem disinterested in tackling at all. <laughs> it, it, it's bad. Like this is not a this is not a good defensive football team. And because of that, I think what Florida A and M will have to do is play ground and pound. This might not be the Ryan McKay, Zay Smith, and and those receivers type of game. This may be a Bishop Bonnet, a Jennings. And those backs, that stable of backs that they have kind of game. Because when you can run it, um, that means that you're dominating up front. That means that you're controlling the, 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 the clock, time of possession, and you're keeping that offense on the field. I mean, you're keeping their offense off the field with just another good form of defense. How, how do you feel about that one? Oh, I agree with you 100%. And I want you to throw something else in here. Jose Robo Martinez may be the most important member of this team. His ability to flip the field. When Christopher Duell went down, everyone thought Fairview special teams was going to uh, take it, especially in the punting game. But Jose Robo Martinez has stepped up. And if you didn't know Christopher Duell was an All-American punter and was hurt, you would think, Jose Romo Martinez was that All-American punter that's been missing for FAMU. Now, uh, I guess I might be the only one who looks at stuff like this. Austin Dunlop, the punter for Southeast, has only punted the ball 21 times. Mm -hmm. He has an average of, has, has an average of 44. uh, Seven balls inside the 20. Jose Robo Martinez has put it a few more times. He's put it 32 times. 
Mind you, he didn't take over to what week three, if I remember correctly. Right. When, uh, Chris Fadul uh, got hurt as, as the uh, full time punter. Uh, down eleven of them inside the twenty. So you know he and has not had any uh, has not had any blocks. So Jose uh, Romo Martinez may be that difference when they go to flip the field. They have to do it because you don't want to give them the ball, but if you do have to give them the ball. You got to flip the field. You got to get the ball down inside the 20 uh, if, it, if at all possible. So uh, definitely have to, have, have to keep that in mind. When it comes to field goals, because this game may come down to a field goal. Mateo, and Lord Jesus, I can't say the man's last day, so charge it to my head, not my heart. Renjifo. And like I said, charge to my head, not my heart. Uh, he's seven for ten on the year, uh, five for five inside the thirty, two for three, thirty to forty, zero for one, zero uh, for two beyond forty yards. Has a long of thirty nine on the on the season. Jose Romo Martinez, five for five inside the thirty, one for two, thirty to forty, two for four, forty to fifty, and has one over fifty. 51 yards. So if it comes down to a last second kick, got to put your money on Jose uh, Romo Martinez. If if you're going to put that down, uh, if you're going to put the money on him. Oh, make, let me make that a correction. He is, he is five for 11, 40 to 49 yards and two for three from 30 to 40 yards on the season. Nine for nine under, uh, under 30. I think the biggest thing also for FAMU is that you can't turn the ball over. I think that a a turnover dooms you um, in this ball game. Um, But at the same time, Southeastern doesn't force turnovers either. (laughs) None of of the things that you want to do defensively, they do well at all. Um, So I I think definitely if you FAMU – what can change the, the the landscape of this ball game is going to be turnovers. Um, it doesn't matter how they come, whether you know fumble, punts. Um, however, I think that a, a turnover puts you behind the eight ball, and unless your defense is on, uh, this offense is is hard to stop. And, and to your credit, you asked if Southeastern Louisiana has seen a defense like play, like FAMU. No, uh, they haven't. Matter of fact, we just talked about how bad Southeastern was defensively. That defensive average is good enough for fifth in the conference. We talked about how bad they were total defense. As bad as that defense is, that defensive average puts them around fifth or sixth in the conference. So it ain't a lot of teams in the Southland uh, that they're playing defenses over there. So I know that this PAMU defense is going to be unlike anything Southeastern has seen all year. I agree. Well, I'm, I I am definitely looking for FAMU's defense to have a uh, have a field day against uh, against them. I want you to think about this. They have they have given up 21 sacks this year. Think about that, Isaiah Lane has 19 sacks by himself. 
Wow. Think about it. They have given up 21. You got one man from FAMU who has damn near as many sacks by himself. So uh, kind of shows you the uh, difference uh, defensively on uh, between these two teams. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, man, that was going down 6 o'clock Central Time, uh, 7 o'clock uh, p.m. on uh, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, that game goes down in Hammond, Louisiana. Hey, if, you, if you're one of the Rattlers out there, man, or any of the HBCU uh, fans, and you can make it to Hammond, Louisiana, man, go uh, and support the Rattlers. Um, we, we talked about um, earlier, this game is not only important for Florida A&M, but it's important for the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Um, when, you, when you talk about, hey, why does this team – this team won this many games. Why, why aren't there, they right there? Why not? Win right? Well, it, because of conference strength, the perception of your conference and the perception of the Southwestern Athletic Conference has not been good. But a win or two in the playoffs, you change that tremendously. Now it's easier for us to get teams right. This opens up the door for our at-large to become a regular um, at large in the FCS playoffs. Uh, so for this to not be a one-off thing, we all need to be Rattlers. That is difficult for me to say. <laughs> not particularly fond of Florida and m <laughs> that, is not, that was not easy for me to say. But realistically, we all Rattlers. All right? Well, y'all more Rattlers than I am. I'm like Rattler or Jason or something like that for them three hours. But uh, we're all rappers because they win that ball game. They give a great showing. People now start looking at the Southwestern Athletic Conference like, hey, what, what does the SWAT go, have going on, you know, over there? Uh, and that helps, you know, you wonder why we have these nine and eight win teams that's not right. Well, it's because of that. We, we can change all of it on Saturday. Uh, how you feel about Devin A.D. Drew? I, I agree with you. Everybody needs to be pro SWAT right now. And I'm debating if I really want to touch this, but I, I got to, BJ. You and I are in some of the same Facebook chat groups. Most mm-hmm. of the, you know, when it comes to sports at this. You've seen some of the ignorant stuff in some of these Facebook chat groups. We right. both have commented on some of the ignorant stuff in these, in these Facebook chat groups. I'll just get on my soapbox first. This is your show, so you can cut me off or uh, feel free to uh, rebut my uh, my soapbox thing. But there's a lot of people out there talking about Celebration Bowl, playoffs, the fan you deserve to get in, why, why not Jackson State, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. First of all, everyone, the SWAC and the BAC are contractually obligated to send their champion to the celebration. So for all that, can Jackson State opt out and all that stuff? No. Get that out of your head. Dr. Thomas, five, six years ago, well, probably only about 10 years ago, came up with this concept called the Celebration Bowl. Why did he come up with this concept called the Celebration Bowl? Because the SWAC, and the BIAC 
were consistently getting left out of the playoffs. Now, we know the SWAT did not get an automatic bid due to the Bayou Classic and the Turkey Day Classic being played Thanksgiving weekend, which is also the opening weekend. First round weekend. Now, this is all, I can say this is all about money, but this is about finance. Grambling, Southern, not only make money for their football teams off their game, but they make enough money off that Bayou Classic to fund a lot of their non-revenue sports and to keep their Title IX compliance issues taken care of. That's why they play that game. Who wants to go to Montana State for a first round of a playoff game? When Montana State or North Dakota State is ranked number one. That's because that's why they go send us, just like they do in basketball. That's why we always play it on our uh, first four. We play on Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Because that's what they do to us. The BAC had an automatic beat and gave it up. Why? Because, listen to me, Fab U is the last BAC team to actually get a his last HBCU to get a win in the playoffs. That's what Billy Joe was coaching. How long has Billy Joe been gone? 20 years. I, I, I rest my case. Last time, Fab, you, last time any HBC got a win, I believe that was 98 when they made it to the semifinals, 99, somewhere, somewhere up in there. So, A, do your homework. B, come on. We settling, BJ? We settling for the celebration bowl? Are you crazy? I want to say it word, please, but I, 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 I really can't because swag championship game, $2 million. Jackson State gets to keep that. So you get rewarded for getting to the championship game. Celebration Bowl, million dollar payout, half a million to each conference. They split it above the teams. Are you crazy for us not to do that? But I got to pay you to go play this championship. I might as well be playing AAU basketball, BJ. You, you coach, you've been around AAU basketball. You got to go pay to get that trophy. Mm-hmm. $300, $400 a weekend. South, so, Southeastern bid it for the playoff game this weekend. That bid was north of $50,000. And you got, you got 7,500 people at that uh, seats at that state. Mm-hmm. Those tickets are going for how much? Let's just let's just say thirty. Let's just say thirty dollars for simple math. Mm-hmm. Set seven thousand people because you go give a that's field. A, field that's a sellout. And that's a sellout. That's a so sellout. Seven thousand people. We're not. And real life, real life, we're going to get no sellout. Thirty thousand ticket is twenty one thousand dollars. You're lost. What's that? Twenty nine thousand dollars. Just to host a doggone football game? That's not counting your operation costs. Yeah. So you're going to lose upwards of $40,000. And the NCAA keeps a portion of your game, too, for you hosting. And all your, your, all your signage that you have on, all that has to come down, it has to be NCAA signage. They send it to you in the mail. And, and, 
when they charge you for to host the game, that's basically what they're charging you for, their signage, their stuff that you have to have. If you have vendors that are close, they have to leave. You, you can't sell anything on your campus and within a certain proximity of your campus that isn't given to you by the NCAA. And people oh. ask people ask that question, why not the playoffs? Well, that's one of the reasons. I've always been a proponent of this. We sent our champion to the, the championship game and celebration bowl, but we're strong enough as a conference that our we, we can have a team that's you know second in in the, the division and they go to the FCS playoffs. If that that's the way I dream it out for the conference. That's the way that Doctor McClellan dreams it out uh, for the conference. And I think that's, that's, that's what we should it out. When he when he drew it up, right? Because A and T was the last uh, HBCU to get the at large bid back in twenty sixteen. When A and T, I mean, I'm sorry, Central went to the Celebration Bowl. A and T went to the uh, playoffs, uh, and they went to the playoffs banged up bad. They were missing a lot of players. And they end up getting routed by Richmond. Um, but, you know, they were the last team. We hope that Florida A&M fares a lot better. But we're going to go to break really quick. We're going to break down the games for this weekend. Mississippi Valley State visiting Prairie View. The Turkey Day Classic in Montgomery. The Gump, Tuskegee visiting Alabama State. Uh, and then in New Orleans, Louisiana. You know what it is. I ain't got to say nothing. Man, it's by your classic, man. Southern versus Grambling. We're going to talk about all of that as we come back uh, from a little quick break, but we'll be right back. Hey, Drew. This is the well, Dean boy, of the College of HBCU Sports, Nyata Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard, as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show.
You see, Head & Shoulders has a scalp shield technology protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15? Never not working. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head & Shoulders scalp shield. Never not working. Let's get back to strolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your fam. It's BJ Jones, and you are back, and we are inside HBCU football. Uh, chop it up with my man AD Drew. Uh, Drew, we got some big games, uh, some big games this weekend. Uh, one in particular, we just got done talking about the playoffs. Great way to say uh, segue into this one. Bowie State taking on Newberry College. Bowie State currently ranked ten uh, in the country in Division Two football, uh, according to the D2Football.com poll. Um, Got a big win on Saturday. Uh, they beat Lenore Ryan, who's a, a power in the, uh, the SAC is the name of their conference, the SAC. Uh, they are powerhouse there, uh, made a national title run a couple of years ago. Um, and, and Bowie dominated them 31 to 10. Um, now with Newberry College upsetting defending Division II national champion West Florida. Newberry College now faces off against Bowie State. How you, how you uh, see that one coming out, Adu? Well, Bowie State, the number one scoring defense in Division II football. They've sco- the defense has scored. Well, this past weekend, they scored their eighth touchdown of the season. Think about that, BJ. You play, you play defense. You play linebacker. Did, did you, did you ever have a chance to, uh, to get yourself a scoop and score? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not supposed to happen for you, though. Right. You know, your job is to stop. Your job is not to score. So eight times, eight defensive touchdowns. So, and think about this Bowie State team. They could beat you any kind of way. Whatever your weakness is, they will find a way to exploit you. If 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 you want to have a shootout, they they they'll score more points than you. If you want to have a slugfest, they'll beat you. They'll beat you fifteen to twelve. So that that's what I love about this Bowie State team. They they are so versatile, and that's what I think compared to Bowie State teams in the past makes them a little bit different. And same thing with the quarterback, Jerome Johnson. If you challenge him to throw the ball, you 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 know you you play back, he's gonna run the ball. He'll run for 150. If you cry the line, he'll throw for 300. So this Bowie State team is probably the most versatile of the three that have gone to the playoffs. This is probably the most complete team of the three. And in and probably the best position to make the deepest run uh, of these three. If they win, if they win Saturday, let me take that back. When they win Saturday, they will 
have made the deepest run of the three teams that have gone to the uh, playoffs in the last three uh, football seasons. Yeah, and 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 man, I remember when Winston Salem State were making their runs, um, and you know, ran all the way to the national championship game in in, in twenty twelve. Uh, I remember just how week to week that exciting that was. And I think Bowie State has the same opportunity to capture people like that this year. Um, I think this football team is solid. They're complete. Um, you know, we talked about a week ago how strong um, that maybe Savannah State should have made the playoffs and got in that large bid. I'm thinking Fayetteville State <laughs> may have had a, an argument. When you look at the way that they played and what Bowie did, I'm thinking Fayetteville State may have a little bit of, of, of an argument. But I think that the CIAA that's been some good football up there. And I think that uh, Bowie's tested. Um, I like their chances against Newberry College. I think you're right. I think that this can be a deep, deep run for Bowie State. They're solid on both sides of the football. They're number one in the conference on both sides of, sides of the football. And they're solid in the special teams. And they're well coached by Daniel Wilson. This, I think that this could be a special run for the Bulldogs um, of Bowie State. And were it not for that uh, that small college in uh, Jackson, Mississippi, I think everybody would be talking about Bowie, Bowie State and, and the tremendous run that they've had. And they are just getting they're just getting overshadowed by yep. Coach Prime and by, by, by Fabu with this with their latest uh, with their latest run getting getting to the playoffs. So uh, you know. And both these teams, they even overshadowed Prairie View over there in uh, in West Texas. You know, people forget they're all, uh, like Mike Washington said, they're all HBCUs west of the Mississippi. And a couple of them play some decent ball. But talk about that one. They're, they're all HBCUs up in, in the Northeast. And Bowie State is one of those forgotten HBCUs that just happen to play a good brand of football. And Bowie State, I, I told somebody this. Earlier, Bowie State will get more than half of the schools in the conference in the SWAC uh, at L. And if play Bowie doesn't up play uh, deep Delaware State after a year off, Bowie beats Delaware State. They dominated that game. You look at it uh, statistically. Yeah. Everything but the yeah. double. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, man, Bowie State, Newberry College, that goes out on Saturday. Make sure you're able to tune in. Check that one out. We're talking about Division II football teams in the Division II playoffs. We're talking about this Division II team that's not playing in Division II football uh, playoffs, partly because they don't have the record to do it. Um, but they are in the Turkey Day Classic once again. I call this the Turkey Day Classic as God intended it. Tuskegee, Alabama State. Uh, this rivalry is, is, I promise you folks, if you've never seen this one up close and personal, you got to see it. Montgomery is the city for Tuskegee folks. Uh, you know, back in the day, if you live in a place like Tuskegee, Union Springs, uh, shorter, that little area around there, you had to go to Montgomery to do the big stuff. You know, Montgomery is the city. Right. Um, so Tuskegee, Alabama State separated by 36 miles. Uh, those kids literally have to party together and see each other in passing at certain Walmarts and church. Uh, so it, it, this game means a lot. 
especially culturally uh, along the Alabama black belt. Um, this game means a lot. When you go to those uh, black-owned barber shops and black-owned beauty shops and the black belt, you don't see Alabama and Auburn stuff hanging up in there. You see Tuskegee and Alabama State. Um, and so this game means a lot for a lot of people. And it's back traditionally where it should be on Turkey Day. Tuskegee that has not had – go ahead. I was going to say, it's not where it should be because it's something about the game at the old Crampton Bowl. Mm. Those were nice. Those were nice. Yeah. The, 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 the state of itself was garbage, but it was something about – when I say garbage, the locker rooms there were horrible. <laughs> the facilities yeah, they were. were horrible. But for the fans. That was the game, the atmosphere, the place at the old at old Crafted Bowl. Not knocking the new stadium because the new stadium is great there for uh, for uh, Alabama State, and yes, they deserve and needed that new uh, facility. But it, it, it's just something about you know it. It'll be just like when they ultimately moved the uh, the uh, 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 Magic City Classic out of Legion Field. It just won't be the same. It's still Magic yeah. City Classic, but it won't be the same, if you understand what I'm saying. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Those were some, some games. But uh, nine, nine years ago, uh, a few days ago, uh, was the anniversary, the ninth anniversary on when that stadium opened. I'm at Alabama State University at Tuskegee coming there. First game, getting the big win in the Turkey Day Classic. Um, and then the game goes on. A hiatus for what four years? Uh, I believe it was four. a five year. Uh, no, five year. That was the last game that we opened the stadium because the mm-hmm. stadium did not open until Thanksgiving. And yep. that was the last game that we played for five years. And then the game was moved to Labor Day. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, like, hey, man, this Turkey Day, man, this one's special. I like Alabama State in this one. I think they're too much. Um, I think. Tuskegee, this has been a this has been a forgetful year. Uh, we've been talking about all these coaching changes. I'm interested, interested to see what happens in Macon County. Because, um, uh, whew, it's, it's been rough down there. But. Well, I, I, I think what's going to wind up happening, they have uh, – Coach Slater is no longer – they're looking for a new athletic director at Tuskegee University. I think the president, with the brand-new president there, is doing that to take their pressure off of Coach Slater, get somebody else to run the athletic department. You concentrate on coaching. We're going to give you another year because you are the number two all-time winning this coach in Tuskegee history, only behind the man who the stadium there is named after Cleve Abbott. So we're not going to do you like that. We're not going to just let you go. You are a Tuskegee man now. You've been there for 15 years. You are a Tuskegee man. We're going to give you an opportunity to fix this. This is the help that you have identified that you need. You need somebody else to handle all the admins so that you can get back coaching, recruiting, because what is Slater has not forgotten how to coach. Don't ever mistake that. He knows how to coach. He's just had so many hats on, so many irons in the fire, he can't, you can't concentrate on one thing. He'll get another year. he turn it around. He'll go ahead and retire as a goal of the time. So that's what I that that's 
That's what I think is going to happen. Yeah. Uh, how do how, how you like this game uh, on Saturday? Saturday or Thursday? I mean Thursday. Okay. You know something, BJ, and I've really been trying to go back and figure out. I'm, tr- I, I'm, I'm trying to find the last time both of these teams came into this game under 500. Because usually one or the other, if not both, or above, above 500. You know, mm-hmm. Tuskegee has won many of Black National cha- Black College National Championships based on their Turkey uh, their Turkey Day Classic. Alabama State has prevented Tuskegee from winning a Black College National Championship based on their Turkey Day Classic. So usually one of these two teams is has something to play for. Neither one of these two teams has anything to play for. Got an interim coach at Alabama State. If Texas Southern beats Alabama State this past Saturday, I think Alabama State would be bailing it in for this game. Now Alabama State has a little bit of confidence coming into this game against, yeah, you're the big brother, but the little brother is, uh, is, all, is always constantly beating you. Tuskegee owns the series. Oh, yeah. owns the series almost at a two-to-one rate. So people don't know that. And it, also keep in mind, this has not always been Division One versus Division Two, as these were two SIAC foes for mm-hmm. so many years. A lot of those games were when they were SIAC foes against each other. So uh, do I give Tuskegee a puncher's chance? Yes, I do. I do give the Tuskegee a puncher's chance, especially considering uh, – and, and I'm drawing a blank right now. The quarterback that we saw at Bibbs, uh that Tuskegee uh, replaced Williams with uh, at Bibbs, if he could go out and play like that against Alabama State, then yes, Tuskegee has more than a puncher's chance. But if Tuskegee plays like they played against uh, 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 Fort Valley or Kentucky State or some of those other teams turning the ball over and not being able to run the ball, then no, Alabama State – and Alabama State won't blow them out, but they but they'll win by just over one score. I like Alabama State in this one um, by fourteen points or more, uh, and I think it has to be that way because I, I think if, if this is a tight ball game, the closer it is, the more it leans to Um So I think for if you're Alabama State, you got to get this one done. Um, you got to get them out early. Uh, you can't let them hang around. Uh, because the longer Tuskegee remains in this game, the more confidence they play with. And and you've watched this game like I have. You have a guy lined up at Tuskegee that ain't bigger, ain't faster, ain't stronger than the guy from Alabama State, and it didn't matter on that day. Um, so that's one of those things where if you're Alabama State, you got to get Tuskegee out of there early. Um, because if they hang around or if they have a lead, oh, man. Wait, you know, you know what we say about uh, people at Alabama State, uh, Tuskegee, right? People went to Alabama State were were the same athletes we were recruiting, but didn't have the grades, so they went down the road to Alabama State. <laughs> man, man, so that was going to kick off Thursday, uh, Turkey Day, man. Glad to watch them. I'm going to be uh, locked in on that one. Going into Saturday, preview, hosting Mississippi Valley. 
Prairie View has already clinched the Western Division of the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Um, but a loss here kind of takes a little luster off off the game next Saturday. I know everything is still in the basket, but you want Prairie View to come in running 100 miles an hour. Um, so I, I think that this is potentially a trap game for Prairie View. What do you think? No. Preview's lost two in a row. Uh, they, 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 lost, they lost to Alcorn in a, in, a, in a tight game. Obviously, Texas A&M, we, we knew they were going to take that L right there. So Preview is coming into this game trying to right the ship to get some things right for the Jackson State game. Will Preview do some things in this game? to put some stuff on film to give Jackson State some things to think about? Of course they will. You'd be stupid not to. Exactly. Will the Spartans play into the second half? Yeah, they'll probably play a series or two into the third quarter and then get the heck up out the game uh, b- before they get hurt. Just let the other people get some, uh, get some uh, backup run, as, as, they, as they like to say. So, yeah, Prairie View is coming in here with the mission. They're going to have a script. They're going to want to run certain plays. They want to get these kinks worked out. And Valley, if this game was in Itabina, I'd be scared. Valley has not shown me anything on the road this year. So I'm, 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 I'm thinking once again, Valley will come out. They'll, they'll play a strong quarter, quarter and a half. And then I don't know what it is when they get away from Itabina. I don't know. If, I don't know if uh, Mama don't send on collard greens on the bus ride or whatever it is, but something changes about halftime for Valley when they get on the road. So, and I think the same thing will happen again uh, today, tomorrow. Yeah, um, tomorrow yeah, Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, um, you saw what happened when they played Alabama A and M, a game that a lot of people thought that Valley could get Alabama A and M, particularly because the way they're built up front, but. Um, yeah, they, they got trounced by Alabama a and But Alabama a and only allows you 14 points. You, 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 you're not on offensively at all. Yeah. Um, and that's not and, as bad of a ride as the ride to Prairie View as far as distance-wise. From Huntsville mm-hmm. to Interbeating as Interbeating is to Prairie View, Texas. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see what, what, which Valley team shows up. Um, they announced that uh, Coach Vincent Dancy did sign the extension with Mississippi Valley. He will oh, remain in uh, the Mississippi. So I think that, that also great move, like you said. Um, so I think that that may fire those kids up a little bit. If you're Purview, man, you, you haven't looked – Purview hasn't looked good since the Southern game. That was a week before Halloween. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was a week before Halloween. Uh, so I think this game is important for Prairie because you want to go into Jackson moving full speed ahead. You want to be clicking on all cylinders going into Jackson because not only does Jackson have a hell of a football team coming in, but they get the chance to start game prep a week early. Um, Coach Sanders talked about that in his interview. Hey, we get a, a, a week to prepare, um, and they, and they got to go play. We ain't got to travel nowhere. We don't. We sit back, kick you know, kick our feet up. And, and get some rest. And, and Prairie View has a ball game coming off a of physical Texas A&M game. I'm sorry, physical all game, physical 
um, Texas A&M, physical Mississippi Valley, they're going to get be, be beaten up by the time they get to Jackson. Uh, so I think that's going to be key. Yeah, Sketch did did the Panthers no favors. They did no favors. And then them picking up that game. And let's be real, BJ. I don't think Prairie thought they were going to be competing when they picked up this game against Texas A&M a few years ago. They didn't think they would actually be in a position to compete for a SWAC championship. Because if how you, about do, you don't how, pick up that game. How about this one? Guess who, guess who signed that game? Give it to me. The current uh, Jackson State Athletic Director, formerly of Prairie View, Jackson <laughs> Robinson. Wow. How <laughs> Right. And, right. I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't have, if you're him, you couldn't have planned anything better. And, with, and, and let's think about it. This is where Coach Pryor and those NFL coaches are really going to uh, play this to their advantage. They're probably going to treat this like a Super Bowl for them. Mm-hmm. Coach Pryor and a number of those people on those staff did disturb it play in in uh, various Super Bowls. So Super Bowl, two weeks to prepare. So they, two weeks to prepare, you've got to deal with the media requests, you've got to deal with the tickets, you've got to deal with all the stuff, except you're on the collegiate level, that they had to do when they, when they made it to the Super Bowl, except they get to sleep in their own bed. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think this Jackson State team will be more than prepared for Super Bowl, the, their first Super Bowl of the year, because they they get to do it again in two two weeks later in Atlanta. Man, they man, I don't even want to talk about Atlanta. I feel like swag champion by twenty one plus. Doesn't matter twenty one plus either one. BJ, gotta ask you this: South Carolina State upsets the swag champion in. The celebration bowl. Mm-hmm. Do you get fan the national championship no matter what they do Saturday? Nah, nah. If if, if fam you lose it Saturday, nah, nah. If they win Saturday, we're having a completely different conversation. Especially if they win more than two games. Right. If they win win more than two games, it's fam you. Um, but nah, nah, fam, nah. Jackson State, even if they drop. Um, you know, I wouldn't, nah, not, nah. Oh, oh, let me take that. You get a Prairie View South Carolina State Celebration Bowl with South Carolina State win. <laughs> Jackson State. <laughs> I, I mean, you have to have Jackson State and fam, you split me, they had to split it. You had to be a split. Cold champion. throw it out there. Coach, yeah. we'll, see it. we'll see it in a couple of weeks. And then, man, we got our last ball game uh, in New Orleans. Um, the granddaddy. Southern Grambling both are having forgetful, I mean, forgettable seasons. This will be the first Bayou Classic since 2015 that did not determine the division champion. Um, if you look at the Bayou Classic out of the it was out of the 20, 23 SWAT championships. 
uh, over half of those Bayou Classics have had championship implications. That's this time there's no title on the line. Both teams going into 2022 looking completely different. First time in over a decade that both of these football teams have losing records, something that didn't happen often at all. Uh, but the rivalry is still the rivalry. Uh, it still means a lot. Uh, Grambling, Broderick Fobbs, they parted ways. Offensively, Grambling ranked 12th of 12 schools in total offense. Defensively, right there, middle of the road, they're, they're sick. I will, I will tell you that defense is better, but they get tired out because of that offense being so bad. Going to the ball game on Saturday, Southern uh, and Grambling are uh, literally right there defensively, six and seven. Southern, a lot better offensively than, than Grambling. Southern has won three of these in a row, going back to 2017. You can make it four, and uh, people kind of accept this season. You know, you make this season a little bit sweeter. It was a losing season. You, it didn't end in Atlanta the way you planned. But if you win this one, we kind of forget about it for a day or two. How you feel about this one, A.D. Drew? It, it, this this is hard to for, for me not being a Southern or a Grambling person. It's kind of hard for, for me as just looking at this as an average fan. As in, do I really want to watch this game? Obviously, for you as an alum and for for people like Charles Edmond and people like that who are alum, it's a different me. Just like just like uh, Thursday Thursday is for me. Do 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 you really want to watch this game? But then you think about it. It's the Bayou Classic. You don't care how good or how bad these teams are. Now, do I think you're gonna get the seventy thousand in this game? Nah, not no. this year. Not this year. Not with not with these two teams and all the controversy and turmoil going on around these two teams. Two interim head coaches and. Most of all, those seniors in this rivalry, they have built something. They expect this rivalry to be at a certain level. They expect to be one of one, if not both, to be playing for championship. And for neither one of them to be in the race, I mean, new beginnings. That's all I can say. This game, the winner of this game will have a leg up on that new beginning. There will be two new coaches coaching in this game next year. No doubt about it. And this is just that leg up in recruiting between these two state universities so that they can so that they they, they, they can get this thing going back on, on, on the right track. If you're Southern, hey, we had a bad season, but we, we still beat Grammar. Mm-hmm. Still beat Grammar. And if you, and you're Grammar, hey, you got rid of our coach. We, we, we've had, we had a, we, we, we lost the, the value class about 50 in the spring, but we came back 
in the fall and rebound and got it. Those are the two marketing sources, depending on the win, uh, BJ. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that um, I think this ball game is going to be um, a hell of a game. I know these seniors from both sides um, want to win this one. Um, this one means a lot. Um, you always want to get uh, the guy across from you use uh, a plus game in this in 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 in, in this game. Um, you know what I like about this game? Also, let me throw thing. I like this game because both teams get to wear their home jerseys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something that started a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, uh, both teams wear home jerseys. Um, Usually, one or both teams uh, debut some new uniforms, one-time only uniform in this game. Uh, we'll see if we have any of that. But um, it'll be tightly contested. I think it's going to be a hell of a game. Um, um, I ain't going to pick it because I'm a little biased. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, I'm a little biased. So, uh if you had to pick, if you had to pick this one, Drew. Where would you go? The number, the numbers say something. White black. The, the the numbers say Southern is supposed to win win this game, but would it shock you if the interim coach is able to get something out of these kids that maybe the head coach because maybe they would maybe his his voice has got stale. I don't think so, but. It would shock me. I do have Southern winning this game. Uh, I think it. I think it'll be closer to the fourth quarter, and Southern will pull away, probably win it by 10, 10 points or so, uh, maybe eleven points, something like forty-one thirty. Uh, they'll they'll pull away, but it it'll be a late touchdown that Southern will get in in the uh, halfway through the fourth quarter. That'll be the difference. Hey, win or a win. <laughs> win this a win. Man, I'd like to uh, thank everybody for tuning in uh, tonight, man. Appreciate AD Drew coming on with me. Uh, us making this happen. Next show still going to be Sunday, man. We It's going to be a conglomerate. That's the word I'm looking for. Conglomerate of guys on here uh, on the next show on Sunday um, after the Bayou Classic. We're going to be breaking down Swag Championship game and um, – you know, reviewing the games from this weekend, particularly the Florida a and um, Southeastern Louisiana game. Um, so uh, that's coming on Sunday. I appreciate everybody for, t- for tuning in. I appreciate my man A.D. Drew for helping me out. And uh, I'm B.J. Jones, man. You've been inside of Black College, um, inside of Black College football um, right here on the BCSN. And I'll catch you guys on Sunday. Happy Thanksgiving. Have a good night. Happy Thanksgiving. I holler. All right.